Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum Chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. Greetings from NIPM Trivandrum. This is Rajat Karunagaran welcoming you to a new episode of Insights NIPM Talks. Relying on our experience and instinct alone is no longer favorable for taking decisions that impact human capital management. Today, HR analytics has emerged as a strategic and powerful tool for HR and people leaders. HR leaders can use analysis of data they hold about their workforce to help them understand, respond to and predict behaviors, trends and market factors. To talk more about this topic, we have Sri Manan Sharma, Director and Country Head, HR and Admin, Blaze. Manan is an HR professional with 16 years of domain experience, has worked extensively with startup founders in the field of research-based psychometric analysis and testing and regularly engages with founders and investors to guide them on their people strategies. He has worked with established names of the world like Amazon, Genpact and Nvidia Graphics. He has been intimately involved with startup ecosystem in Hyderabad with stints across companies like MySmartPrice, Sotronics, Envicas and currently works as the country head of HR and admin departments at world's leading startup in the AI semiconductor edge space. Manan holds a computer engineering degree and an MBA from the Great Lakes Institute of Management Chennai. He is a distinguished fellow in strategic HR in the World HR Board. He also holds international certifications in psychometric assessments, executive coaching, compensation and benefits learning and development hr analytics and hypnotherapy it's with immense pleasure i welcome sri manan sharma to this episode of insights nipm talks welcome sir 
Thank you, Rajit. Let's start by asking him about the transition from traditional HR to data-driven HR. Can you enlighten us on the paradigm shift in which HR analytics got rooted in organizations and the challenges they faced during this journey? When I think of HR analytics, uh, I can't help but think about giants like Jack Welch from GE. Uh, had it not been for them and their constant egging for the HR function to do more in the larger scheme of business, I don't think HR analytics would have become what it has become today. If anything, uh, I believe it would have become an oxymoron uh, because typically HR and analytics have not gone in, gone hand in hand. These giants basically uh, heralded the era of HR analytics. Traditionally speaking, the HR analytics aspect of the human resource job has been limited to cyclical activities like compensation benchmarking and benefits administration. In benefits administration, an, an example is evaluation of medi-claim ratios, uh, which are the primary factors uh, for insurance companies to determine the insurance premiums which clients have to pay. When it comes to compensation benchmarking, Techniques like exponential regression are used to decide salary ranges um, in what is otherwise a very contiguous data set. Uh, those of you who have worked on salary benchmarking, they would know how difficult it is to differentiate between the head of one salary range and the tail of the next salary range. So these techniques have been used, um, but the sub-functions of HR for, the, for which uh, these techniques were used, they have typically been fringe HR functions within the HR umbrella. Uh, I say fringe because these are once a year activities at best and so traditionally HR analytics too has become a fringe activity for an HR professional. Uh, when I look back and try and see when did that change, I think it took companies like Google and GE to make HR analytics an integral tool in their HR strategies. That's when the paradigm shift happened. And uh, while there were these companies that were trying to uh, push HR to the next level, uh, the larger HR ecosystem, uh, it was actually acting as an impeding force be because the traditional expectations from uh, HR professional, 95% uh, of the roles that uh, typically happen, that typically are uh, out there available in the market, they do not deploy HR analytics as a core capability. They are seen as uh, quote-unquote people functions. As per my understanding, this is uh, the exclusivity that is associated between HR and people function uh, and people strategies, I think that is uh, anachronox today. It belongs more to the 1980s and 90s approach to HR. Today's HR, I believe, uh, it, they need to be a business person first and then a people function uh, uh, or people person in that scheme of things. They should focus on executing the business strategy through people and not the people strategy through the company strategy. This is this the simple line that I have just stated. It represents the ivory tower in which the HR function has so far sought sanctuary. I must also say that this ivory tower is currently under siege uh, on account of us being in a VUCA world. As if VUCA itself was not a big enough challenge, we have the digital age uh, thrust upon us which has uh, further shortened the disruption and change cycles. I believe HR analytics uh, is one tool which drives people decisions uh, and, and that I believe is the best line of defense for the HR function in these times. Uh, I believe HR analytics will help HR professionals 
to stay relevant and up to date with the changes uh, and in turn because of this capability they start being seen as a strategic function as a business partner rather than just an executive function so that is my take on the challenges facing the hr function and the enabler which hr analytics can be in such a situation the ivory tower is under attack so is hr says sri manan our guest and he thinks that staying relevant and staying up to date is the only way out in this digitally disrupted world moving on can you elaborate on how we can utilize hr analytics to drive change in organizations what i present to you now are a set of hr analytics use cases from my personal experience i will try to cover the entire spectrum of decisions uh, and decision making through analytics in the hr domain uh, and i'll do it through two examples the first use case which i will use is of an early warning system targeted towards predicting employee attrition at a very basic level an early warning system is a weighted laundry list of all the variables that can play a role in an employee's attrition variables like work environment unapproved absenteeism unhappiness with feedback lack of feedback lack of recognition quality of work given time in career tenure with the company tenure with previous company any trends that are thrown up by their leave utilization which colleges and companies were they hired from where do they stand in terms of their salary vis-a-vis the market and a, a multitude of such variables uh, i call this a hardcore data centric approach where the numbers do the convincing uh, because once you have been able to present the story emerging from the numbers clearly you as an hr professional do not have to spend your energy in convincing the stakeholders mm-hmm. this case is of a company which was struggling with attrition they were trying to predict and control attrition worst case if they were not able to control attrition the objective was to mitigate the business impact of the attrition through succession planning or reallocation of work or creating knowledge redundancies in the organization now typically an exit interview is done in a face to face discussion between the hr and the exiting employee generic questions are listed down and employee responses are gathered on topics like uh, will you recommend the employer as a place to work to your friends uh were you provided enough training opportunities etc so the first thing which i ensured even before working on the model to predict attrition was to digitize and sanitize the data from the previous exit interviews now there were 16 interviews which were uh, uh recorded in the last 2 years in this organization and these interviews were all documented in paper forms so i put my team as a priority to digitize them wherever subjective inputs had been given by the employee i asked my team to plot the response on a five point scale to quantize the feedback once the data set was ready a multivariate analysis was done to establish correlation and more importantly causality once these were established statistically uh, we were one step closer to predicting attrition we plotted our entire talent pool on this early warning system uh, to identify the high medium and low risk individuals in our talent pool and it took us about a week to establish the risk profiles and we started passing the attrition risk profiles to the frontline managers for their consideration and visibility uh as an outcome we were able to predict about 70% of the attrition's through this model now think of it from a business angle uh think what a 70% visibility to your future attrition 
means for you from a delivery standpoint. At, at the minimum, it means 70% lesser surprises for the business and arguably, maybe as a stretch, 70% lesser attrition related firefights for the business. So you're making the life of the frontline managers a bit simpler, easier uh, through data. So this was, this was a, a hardcore data centric example. To counterbalance it and to represent the entire spectrum, uh, the next use case I will present to the audience is what I call a soft data centric approach. Soft because the data will not be able to do the convincing on its own in this case. And the HR professional will uh, likely have to depend on their business relations and persuasion skills to first implement their decision and then augment the implementation with data that has been gathered after the implementation to take care of disconnect. Okay, sir. So the context was that uh, the company had to move to a new and more generous leave structure in view of some of the changes in the local laws. And this was being seen as having a negative impact on productivity. Specifically, the frontline managers were of the opinion that they were in a tough position given the project timelines and the increased freedom being provided to the staff. Now, their point was that this was likely to make their life more difficult. Uh, and, and this is where the softer aspects of HR business partnering came to the fore. We used arguments like uh, more leaves mean better work-life balance, better work-life balance means happier, happier and more engaged employees, and happier and more engaged employees in turn uh, typically lead to better productivity. And to back it up, we were able to quote multiple researches uh, which were done by leading journals of those times uh, uh, to support our stand. So with all this convincing, finally it was accepted by the frontline managers uh, uh, with a condition. So they did not, they did not come on board. Uh, they said the condition was that once the changes were intimated to the employees, the HR department has to do a six month analysis on the productivity impact of the new leave structure. And we were more than happy to do it because we also wanted to make sure that even though the laws are dictating these changes, uh, we don't become a victim and our productivity does not suffer in the longer run. So we did that analysis. Uh, we looked at productivity and leave trends. We compared the leave trends observed in these six months with the leave trends from the last two years. And this is where the beauty of data emerged. Our analysis showed that as a result of the leave pre-planning clauses, which we had introduced as a part of the new leave structure, the leave instances, which were highly erratic in the past, had become much more predictable. And uh, we checked with the frontline managers on how the product productivity of the team had been for the last six months. And we realized that uh, the project milestones were being met uh, at the same level or slightly better than the way they had been met in the past. Okay, sir. Uh, to augment this, these findings, uh, we, we got hold of the feedback which we had received from the employees on this new leave structure. And this feedback was obviously, uh, understandably so, largely positive. So with this analysis, and by putting these two or three data sets together, we were able to establish this as a win-win deal for the frontline managers because the productivity improved the organization because the compliance angle improved and the employees because the employee satisfaction improved too. So these were the two cases I wanted to quote. Uh, I hope uh, you found them relevant uh, and I, 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 I had made up my mind that I'm going to pick them from my own experience so that I can own uh, the learning and the advantages of these cases. Wow, a great walkthrough indeed, mapping milestones, challenges and outcomes. 
you are listening to insights and ipm talks and this is rajit karunagaran and i have with me today sri manan sharma director and country head hr and admin blaze manan can you share a few tips on how to start and scale hr analytics for those who are yet to embrace hr analytics in their organizations so if i am asked about uh, any tips for hr professionals uh, specifically in the context of hr analytics uh, uh, i have a set of four tips and i am i'm aware that uh, some of the audience members of this podcast could be young hr professionals who have just started their careers or are on the verge of starting their careers so with that uh, target audience in mind uh, i would say i have four tips for them okay sir the first tip is to always always think of scalability see your intuition and the mental data sets and the mental calculations that you do when you are analyzing data from say a small team of 50 members or 200 members it is very much limited it might be empowering in the short run but it is very much limited if you want your data analysis framework to hold good uh, in the future you should plan it in a manner that it is able to handle 100 times uh, the data load which it is it is currently handling so if your framework or process does not support that scale of data analysis it is a short term model uh, which will which will which will likely uh, have to be revamped later on and remember this please pain of revamping is much higher once your model is catching up with the growth and your growth has outrun your model uh, the revamping is really painful the second tip i have is always augment your intuition with data if not always possible do it wherever possible and whenever possible because when you state your intuition you are just a person stating their opinion but when you state your opinion along with data you are drawing from facts data allows you to add weight to your stand it allows you to shun biases also to a large degree because lack of data is the place where biases are are born and thrive uh but on a cautionary note let me warn you data itself is not above biases uh, uh but because it's a very extensive topic i'll reserve it for uh, maybe another discussion uh, because of its complexity the third tip i have for you is please move away from paper forms and trails to the extent possible there would always be those statutory forms like gratuity and pf which you will have to maintain physically but for all the records which are other than these gratuity and statutory kind of records please uh, digitized and quantized forms wherever possible and it's not a problem if these are these are excel based forms uh I, and why do i say this i say this because large scale analysis of data and paper they never mix well if paper forms are necessary for various reasons please make sure that you have an individual in your team digitizing them either centrally or in a decentralized manner on an ongoing basis it will help you immensely to have digital data by your side when uh, a new analysis needs to be done you will not be left with analyzing paper sets at the last minute so that's my third tip okay sir uh, the fourth tip i have is uh, please take statistics seriously uh, uh, i say so because i was an mba student once uh and i used to doze or uh, chat up with friends during the statistics class but uh as i grew in my career i realized that concepts like correlation and regression 
which are integral to multivariate analysis, they are at the heart of decision-making frameworks of great organizations. And if you are not conversant with them, you immediately become an outsider. You don't want to start your career there or you don't want to be languishing in that space of being seen as an outsider in the business context. So uh, what happens? Uh, follow these four tips. Well, uh, for one, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the generic HR talent pool. Uh, the HR field is considered to be so generic today that a marketing person feels that they can do HR. Uh, finance people also feel that they can do HR. Uh, I'm not averse to them doing HR. They should do HR by all means as long as they are doing it out of interest and respect for the field. But if they feel it because they think HR does not require any specialized knowledge, then that's the generic nature of HR that I'm referring to above. Please differentiate yourself from the generic HR talent pool out there. And I believe these four tips will help you do that. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So the first step in your journey on embracing HR analytics would start by reducing paperwork. In a business environment that is changing at speeds never seen before, many organizations are responding by implementing strategies that apply critical evaluation, leveraging real-time data and cultivating agile decision-making. Human Resources has an opportunity to support these business changes utilizing the right tool. You be the change and elevate HR to a strategic role from an executive role in your organization. Thank you, Mr. Manan, for your views and thoughts. I am sure our listeners will benefit immensely from your knowledge sharing. Thank you. Thank you, Rajit. With that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope you gain some insights by listening to this podcast brought to you by NIPM Trivandrum Chapter. See you again with another topic and another guest. If you are an HR professional and would like to join NIPM, please visit our website www.nipm.in or call NIPM Trivandrum Chapter at 0471-231-0495 and be part of this prestigious organization. This is Rajit Karunagaran, Life Member NIPM, signing off. The NIPM Talks Podcast Titles Insights is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here. Reference to any specific product or entity or solution does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by NIPM or its chapters. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent.